Welcome to the H Choice After Afghanistan show for August 18th, 2021. How's it going, everybody? How's it going? Holy fuck. How's Afghanistan? Jesus, are you surprised that it fell that fast? You know? Like, the government or that National Defense Army that was supposed to be trained it, trained it, trained for the billions and billions of dollars, never worked out, never weeded out the corruption, the very, you know, flowy nature of the history of that. Afghanistan ever since the 80s or even before that to be honest you know it just are you surprised and you know that really went down you know it, it I mean I'm not gonna dwell on it so much but um wow 20 years ago you know it's, it's gonna be 20 years about you know three weeks from now that 9-11 you know happened and then all this went down and then uh yeah yeah, some people are blaming Facebook, WhatsApp, but I'm like, if it weren't WhatsApp, they would have used Telegram or Signal. <laughs> so I don't know how you can blame Facebook. I think that's a short trader was blaming them. And then, uh, and then uh, I, you know, like many people, you know, whatever the Taliban says, uh, I all you know worry about the women and then the children and that country and then the people you know because uh it is really savage i will say it's it's an utter anachronistic savage you know culture and then uh you can't weed that out unfortunately um it will never be zero completely they will always you know i think it's an example of like i i think secretly bunch of insurrectionists you know, kind of hope for the same thing in America, but didn't really fully execute it. We are for the law and order. And then, like, completely uproot it. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm just playing the utter ugly devil's advocate in America. I'm sure there's some numbnut knucklehead on the right-wing side. Extreme knucklehead. They'll be like, you know, they did it. Why couldn't we do it in America? At least Taliban, they move fast. You know, they sound like a fucking Nazi sympathizer somewhere. Or a bunch of those numbnuts. Uh, I'm sure they will do that, and then uh, maybe the Taliban will be like the insurrection was an inspiration. I don't fucking know, but uh, holy shit! Let's see what let's see what happens. None of that is actually surprising. What has happened? Obviously, the U.S. government and then the Western government, government, NATO and army and all that. They talk to this government or the Taliban regime, you know, the temporary government over in Qatar for a while. So, is Afghanistan gonna be in the World Cup next year? Is any of them like PSG investors? I don't fucking know. Is Messi for Taliban? Look at me like fucking starting a leap of controversy. But anyways, I digress. Uh, and then uh, Canada, Canadian government also, you know, already declared that they're not going to recognize this Afghan government. But, um, you know, that's a one G7, G8 country. Uh, I, I, I will say for those liberal or conservative people you know, in North America out there posting all this stuff. Remember, there are two other powerful countries who can influence in the region that's not the United States of America, okay? And then they can go help, you know, like the United States helped Afghanistan back in the 80s. It's funny how the mirror flip is happening, you know, seemingly, you know, 40 years, you know, 30, 40 years later. Charlie Wilson's war, anyone? But anyways, uh, I digress. So, and then uh, speaking of the Canadian government... They're going to have a snap election. 
I'm going to see if I'm going to be able to do the absentee ballot thing ever since the Supreme Court turned that ruling around. Donald Sutherland and me are in the same boat here. Why can't we vote, you know, after the five years of non-residency expired? Blah, blah, blah. And then uh, for the record, for the record, I think I said this before. Uh, I have never voted for Justin. <laughs> the last election I was able to vote was uh, 2015, 2016, was it? Uh, you know, and then, uh, I did not vote for Justin. And then I know there was a one more election where they became the minority government, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then this is a chance for the liberal government, the liberal party of Canada to, you know, take more seats and, you know, kind of reduce the minorityness a bit. But, um, let's see, I conservative party of Canada, I just go, they haven't offered anything to be honest, any conservative party in any country have not offered anything, as you can see. They're having identity crisis in every single fucking country right now. Are you a nationalist? Is that what the conservatism means? Are you a fiscal conservative? Well, you say it, but you never fucking do it. Uh, are you a populist? Which seems to be the pattern, you know, as we have seen the last five, six years in Europe. You know, to a degree, you know, in Asia also, and Japan. Although Japan is a little weird how they're, you know, nationalistic a little bit. And America, obviously, and some parts of Canada, you know. Uh, but let's see how that goes. And then, uh, again, for the record, you know, if you if you catch my drift of whom I didn't vote for, and also offering the opinion of another party that has absolutely offered nothing and will continue to offer nothing, uh, probably tells you the writing that I voted for the last election back in 2015-16. And then, uh, but at this time, you know, whether I submit the ballot or not, I will talk about this in the snap election the next 30 days. And, you know, kind of like the Democrat, you know, presidential nominee, you know, who might be in the front runner of things over the next four episodes that we have, okay? Maybe it's part of the Q&A episode that we're going to have next week. And then uh, we'll go from there. And then, uh, yeah, so for, for the time being, I cannot vote in any countries. And then even in the U.S., but I just got a vote T-shirt from Levi's for like five bucks. And then one person came up to me and said he's a poll worker. So I appreciate it. And I said, thank you for your service. Like all the service men and women and the people who served for the good of the, you know, Afghanistan. Although they feel utterly bummed out, to say the least. It's an utter understatement. But, you know, I, I leave it there. So... Anyways, what I mainly wanted to talk about, speaking of conservatism and anachronism, is that uh, Field of Dreams game <laughs> that took place last Thursday. Uh, I call it a throwback Thursday for white people for that game. I did not enjoy the game. I never saw the movie from start to finish. I only saw the end parts of that movie. And then this game pissed me off to the next degree. And I'm going to break this down because... The point of having a, you know, destination viewing game like this, you know, whether it's the NFL in London, you know, NBA over in London or in China, or the biggest example people put, you know, the comparative is the comparable, comparative, uh, is the NHL Winter Classic. This is not same as the Winter Classic. NHL does a much better job 
of making it special and unique and memorable. I don't understand people going, wow, this Field of Dreams in Bumfuck, Iowa needs to be an annual event. No. No, this doesn't. This does The point of having an eyeball game is to advance the league, advance the sport, advance the entertainment to the next level, and then keep me watching for shits and giggles. Winter Classic is happening in an unconventional arenas and environments that are also relatable to the general, usually the American public, whether it's the football or the base, gridiron football or the baseball stadiums in America, for the Americans and also the Canadian sports fans of the big four sports leagues, right? So it has a unique visual. It also had some interesting outdoor aspect, which is not taken into you know, any of the regular 82-season games, you know, whether it's a shitty ice and all that stuff, you'll sit down and watch for shits and giggles a little bit. And they have the special jerseys, but everybody has special jerseys, you know. It, just, just reimagining what hockey would be, but then, you know, NHL also kind of like overplay the nostalgia of pond hockey too much, you know, like you're... The hockey conservatism, the nostalgia, I just go, yeah, 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 whatever. That kind of worn out thin over the last five, six years, I'll say. You know, but even then, it was like, it merit, it, it has the merit of being a special one-year annual attraction, especially on the January 1st as a New Year's Day event to counter-program against the college, you know, bowl games uh, and the college football playoff at this point. Fields of Dream does not offer any of that, to be completely honest. It, number one, it's not so relatable to the general public, especially the way the country and society is tilting towards. I gotta say, I have not seen more disconnect with this game, whether it's the pacing of the game, the crowd that's in there who are nostalgic and in favor of it, the players that are on the field, and also... The charity aspect of like this thing, like many aspects of this just are laughable, you know, in my view. I just go, the amount of tone deafness that MLB just presented in this, it just, it just, it just knocks off so many things. Number one, the game wasn't any different being played at a bumfuck nowhere, Drysville, Iowa, you know, and like it. The game started at 7.20-something, 7.30, and then it was still going until 11 o'clock, you know? And then I just stayed to watch maybe, you know, 30% paying attention for maybe about three and a half innings until I, you know, wait for Kevin Costner. And then just hearing what the fuck was happening in the very last inning, and the Yankees came back, and the, the fucking stupid walk-off home run that Tim Anderson had. It wasn't it a memorable great game? I was like, no, you can't. You, no, it's not. This game was a fucking, maybe, a three-inning game. Otherwise, it's completely forgettable. The Yankees are playing, which means the fucking tectonic plates of San Andreas move faster than the fucking Giancarlo Stanton, you know, or Aaron Judge taking a fucking walk at this pace. And I, and so that's that. It, it didn't make the game any more entertaining, except for the last moments. And second of all, the Field of Dreams as a thing, the fictional concept, is utterly ridiculous. At least Winter Classic, you know, 
plays into the nonfiction elements of football stadiums and football teams and then the you know the you know some of the hockey history of the places they go to such as Buffalo, Detroit, Chicago, you know Boston at Fenway and all that shit before they went off to doing the stadium series in LA and all that stuff, you know. Field of Dreams is completely fiction. It's not real. It's not real. It's like, I'm going to reference Bill Burr when he fucking shit on the entire you know, Philadelphia one time 10 years ago. You know, the part of it, go look that shit up. It's hilarious. And then what Bill Burr said is, Philadelphia, you guys, you know, Philadelphia is such a racist fucking city. I'm paraphrasing here. It's so that they erected a statue of a fake boxer, fake Italian boxer over Joe Frazier because he was black. Same shit with this thing. I just go like, Field of Dreams, Kevin Costner, Ray Liotta showing up as Shoeless Joe Jackson, and then James Earl Jones. Other than that, I don't even know who the non-white characters, non-Caucasian characters are in this fucking movie in the book. And I just go like, how relatable is this? The, 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 the Black Sox, which they referenced, the Shoeless Joe and all that, is the 1919 Chicago White Sox World Series team. Or not the World Series, World Series, you know, pennant team. And the integration of baseball, you know, Jackie Robinson and on, did not happen until the, you know, 40s. You know, the World War II after. And if you look at the fucking baseball field, you know, everyone's like Latin American players, usually Latin black players. And then, yeah, and then the white players who are usually middle to upper class in America. Same for hockey, I'll be honest. You know, it's an expensive sport. And then you look in the fucking stands. It's all white people. This was apparently one of the most expensive regular season games to get the tickets for. Like $3,000 start or something. And I'm like, who the fuck? What kind of Japanese like fan drives all the way? You know, flies in from Tokyo. And then it flies into Chicago probably. Drive two hours or some shit to bumfuck Iowa. You know? I made that fucking drive. So I know where the home of Bockfeller, the bridges of the Madison County. I remember all that John Wayne and John Denver, was it? You know? I remember all those. And all the fucking windmill. Or the <laughs> wind turbines. Not the windmills. It ain't fucking Amsterdam. And... You know, they had the kid, you know, the because it's a Chicago White Sox, it's a South Side, which is more, you know, African-American urban team than the Cubs, the lovable Cubs, you know. And I just go like, only kids are at this game are like the, the, the black and minority kids. Obviously got, felt like they got fucking pity tickets, you know. And I just go like, the, the amount of like racial disparity, anachronism, income inequality, and just imagining how you get there, you know, forget the economical ticket price and all that, and anachronism of like, everyone is wearing this old-timer fucking jersey, but none of the players are like really fitting to the 1910s, the fucking Thai cop, George Sessler era, you know, the Cy Young era, Ty Cop, remember him? You know, the motherfucker, you know, beat up a black dude when he was back in Georgia or some shit. Yeah, that fucking era. And no black players played. There's a Negro League baseball instead. And this year, 
just this year, they finally acknowledged after all the nerds, the sabermetric people said, no, the Negro League baseball statistics equate to the major league statistics. So it should be at an equal footing. It ain't some fucking, you know, uh, what the hell was that football league? You know, USFL to NFL. It wasn't that. It wasn't WHL to the WHA to NHL. It wasn't that. It wasn't ABA, NBA either. And they just this year recognized it. And they make these players, you know, who are in the 21st century wearing some late 19th century bullshit jersey come out like that to a fictional setting, you know. It's like a white people throwback Thursday, you know. And then anyone over, like, I didn't even watch the fucking movie. And then, like, with the worst model possible. That's another one. The fucking movie. If you build it, they will come. That is the worst fucking model. Especially as evidenced by multiple sports cities. Or attempted to be sports cities. Number one, Hamilton, Ontario. Trying to get the NHL team. Built that Cops Coliseum. Nobody fucking came. Hamilton Bulldogs play there. That was it. They tried to get the Phoenix Coyotes out there. Jim Balsley. Did not happen. Predators did not happen. Kansas City, Missouri. Sprint Center. I don't know what it's called anymore since Sprint and T-Mobile merged. They tried to get NBA or NHL team. Did not happen. If you build it, they will come. No, they didn't. Vegas, T-Mobile Arena? If you're going to pick that as an example, fuck no. They were going to do fine with UFC and other concerts and events they have had there. And then Las Vegas has always been a threat. And then now, with the economic conditions that are more favorable, you know, zero income tax and all that, only then it made it attractive to go. The Raiders, Legion Stadium, that only happened because the Raiders said, we're fucking leaving Oakland. That was not, if you build it, they will come fucking case. So, worst fucking phrase you can say. So there's that. And... You know, and then I try to put myself in the scenario. So, PK, would you do it? No. Like, if assuming I could afford the ticket, assuming I watched the fucking movie, assuming, you know, I don't care for the pace of the fucking game, assuming I'm okay with all fucking virtue signaling they're doing with the fucking Southside Chicago kids they did, you know, just getting to that fucking stadium is a fucking pain in the ass. You know, remember that episode I told you about from four years ago? The thing that happened at Culver's in South Dakota, where I said, I think I learned a true racism of like some of the conservative white people in that road trip moving from Seattle to Detroit. And then I could see where the hope of the young Americans, especially from the white kids, you know, are, you know, I would have ran into that shit. I would have gotten some backhanded fucking racism getting to that fucking Drysville, dry ass fucking Iowa, you know. Just getting there. Maybe Princeton, Iowa or some shit. The birthplace of Ronald Reagan. BK, how do you know this shit? I did that fucking drive three times from Boulder to Toronto. So I drove through Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois. I did all that shit. I know. And so I just go like, the amount of like, I wear a mask. I'm not a... I'm not the usual here. I'm going to get blamed for being a fucking sheep wearing a mask coming to this. I'm going to be blamed for the fucking virus, although I'm not even Chinese. Uh, you know, and then I, all, the, all the underhanded shit, if I want to go pick up like Twinkies or fucking cigarettes at a gas station in fucking uh, West Des Moines, you know, outside a hotel at the, the fucking come and go over there, I, I would have gotten the non-eye contact racism. I know what that means. 
was that was that gonna be worth it for this stupid fictional fucking game with a terrible fucking motto and the fucking outdated circle jerk of white people trash you know trash back Thursday throwback Thursday? Fuck no, that was the worst game. And then the game fucking sucked. I think the game was fucking rigged. The amount, the way the ball was fucking traveling, they juiced the ball one more time. They knew the Yankees are gonna drag the shit out because they—that's what the Yankees always do. You know, ain't even entertaining. And then just thinking about all this, just. And then I just go, this is why I stopped watching fucking baseball. This is awful. Do not have this game one more time. Maybe MLB needs to go to fucking indoors, play inside the Air Canada Center. Maybe they need to go play, you know, under fucking water. I don't fucking know. Other sports can come out, can come out and play at the, you know, baseball stadium. Is baseball going to go to a football stadium? Well, fucking Oakland already did that, you know, back in the day, you know. Uh, you know, the Dodgers, when they moved from Brooklyn to L.A., when they didn't have the Chavez Levine set up, they played at the Coliseum, and then they made this fake-ass fucking green wall, green monster wall with a fucking netting, and then it was only like 200 yards, you know, 200 feet deep, you know? Just they made a wall invincibly high. And then they played that fucking nostalgic game. It was a preseason few years ago. Kevin Euclid was still playing, if I remember right. Like, baseball needs to move the fuck on from this nostalgia shit. It's not Winter Classic. I'm sorry. This is not Winter Classic. Do not do this game one more time. Stop pandering. Stop going after the old shit. You need to move on. Cut the inning short. Have the Yankees move like a fucking tsunami instead of an earthquake. That's not going to happen. You know? And then stop stop putting on this stupid fucking show. Why are you, why are you celebrating... The fiction instead of what's actually there. Why don't you celebrate the actual Black Sox? If you think Shoeless Joe is innocent out of this fucking, you know, gambling bunch, why don't you celebrate him? Where was Ray Liotta in this? Why was it just Kevin Costner? I love the guy. I love all these fucking movies, especially baseball. To a point, I went to fucking Durham to the fucking stadium for the Durham Bulls because of the fucking movie Bull Durham. For the love of the game. What the fuck was the other baseball movie he was in? You know? All the sports movies. It's I don't knock Kevin Costner. I knock the f- Field of Dreams. I knock the stupid model. I knock the utter anachronism. I knock the utter racial, social, economical disparity and tone deafness this game fucking presented. I hate the modern state of the fucking baseball, which this game evidence. You know, one more time, playing three over three and a half hours. For a game that didn't need to go three and a half hours. It just got it just got my angry you know out. So anyways, I'm gonna leave it there. I, I, <laughs> I did my part recording this. Anyways, next week is a special episode. It's the anniversary episode, folks. It's gonna be a QA again. So send all your questions. I answer every single question. You know? One time I may break my golden rule, you know. So you'll you know what a golden rule is? Well, Ask anything you want to ask, and then I'll answer all of them to the best of my ability. And then I'm pretty fucking, you know, loose, you know, you know, open book over here after about 230 or so audio. So anyways, thanks for listening. Email me at a-show.com. Email me at a-show.com. And then uh, we'll see you next week for the Q&A episode. Uh, numero cinco, I think. Right. So.